Welcome to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. My name is Doug Winters and I am your host. Today's guest is Michelle Farber, who in partnership with her husband, Scott, run a very successful events company on Long Island called M Studio Events, and they specialize in bar and bat mitzvahs. I had never worked with or even met Michelle before, but we got along so well that we decided to make this a two-parter. In part one, you and I get to know who Michelle really is. Uh, charming and funny, grew up in the garment industry and worked in the garment industry for many years before she started her events company. And part two, which we're gonna tape later this week, will be much more of a deep dive into the whole concept of bar mitzvahs and what they mean and what they've become, what they represent to the child, as well as the parents, as well as the guests who attend these oftentimes extremely elaborate celebrations. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Right now, let's jump right into my conversation with Michelle Farber. I guess I came into all of this by way of uh, the Garment Center. Right, because you worked with... Carolyn Bender. Carolyn Bender. Yeah, at Ann Klein. At Ann Klein. Yes. So right out of college, I thought I would go into my family's garment center business. They manufactured children's clothing. And they're one of the larger employers, I guess, in the 80s um, up in Ellenville, New York, where I was born and raised. Isn't that near Albany? No, much no. further. Oh. It's the Catskills. The Catskills, right. Okay. Yes. Um. My parents manufactured children's clothing and had a showroom in New York City, and I thought that I was going to run their showroom, revolutionize their business at 21 years old, and was kindly told by my dad to um, go get some experience and come back when you've learned something. Right. And I thought, big mistake, you know. He's, that was cool of your father not to, I mean. Yeah, it was the best advice that I had gotten. Yeah. Um, I mean, had you gone to school for? I, I went to FIT and was anxious to get into the workforce. And right. at the time, FIT had an amazing, um, maybe they still do, I'm not quite sure, uh, job placement program. And there was a job opening for an assistant. And I was offered the job and uh, ended up staying there until I had my daughter, which was the very end of 1993. And it was such a fantastic company. I'm sure Carolyn told you also, it was mostly women and it was the mid 80s, early 90s. And, um, you know, we could do anything, be anyone. Just one example of, um, you know, women who were busting glass ceilings. And it was just um, a great family and, and people that, you know, the kind of environment where they were interested in you growing with the company. So, Is Anne Klein a person? She was, yeah. Like Liz she Claiborne, was, like yeah, a human being? Yeah, she was um, a very, very prominent designer mm. in the 70s. Right. Um, I think originally known for bringing the pantsuit to women's clothing. Right. And when I worked there, there was um, something called bridge sportswear. So it bridged the gap between, um, you know, a couture or designer. Right. And it was the clothing that um, 
you know, women, modern women were going to work in and lifestyle. And we never had any of those buzzwords back then. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and brands were like building. Branding. Exactly, exactly. And it just gave me a great, great um, start. And I was there for close to 12 years and really grew up with this company that, um, you know, I grew. And um I think in the back of my mind always knew that I was entrepreneurial and grew up with parents that were as well and grandparents and even have a long line of um, hospitality in my blood. My great-grandparents owned a small or started a small boutique hotel in the 40s up in the Catskills and they came over and- That was the place to do it. Yeah, exactly. And um, just, I mean, I'm sure like so many people in this industry was always the- girl setting the table or, you know, cooking dinner or baking something or, you know, just something that was... That sounds exactly like Carolyn, if you listen to Carolyn. Yes, her southern version of it. So when when that bug catches all of us, you know, what better way than to harness it into... I always was doing something creative and even, you know, working in fashion. It was sales, but there there was creativity to it. And then when it was time to walk away and to do something on my own, I didn't stray that far. I, I left Anne Klein, but had finally learned enough to show my parents that I could bring value <laughs> to their company. Oh, I thought we forgot about the parents. No, no, no. Oh, my God. No, I was there back. for another another almost 12 years. Your father's advice was you really heated it. I really heated it. Well, then at that point, it was kind of like you were lost a little bit. <laughs> no, because I had a great career. And the reason why I left my parents' company is we transitioned out of manufacturing. Their company had been in business making beautiful high-end children's clothing for close to 35 years. Right. And I ran their showroom in, in New York City um, for you know, close to, to 12 of those years and um, also had wrapped other children's clothing lines. Like I was the, the um, manufacturer's rep at a gorgeous showroom and the buyers would come to my showroom. Um, I was on 34th Street, the okay. children's business. Uh, oh, right near kind uh, of, Macy's? Yeah, across the street from Macy's. I had a great, great showroom on the seventh floor that overlooked... 34th Street, and every Thanksgiving, I had a full showroom oh my God. that I threw an event, now that I think about it, on top of making Thanksgiving dinner, you know, for, for family when they came home, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we would have a parade party, and my children were little at the time, and just was, you know, the thing to do, and, and a great showroom wall filled with windows, and some really great memories. But then, all good things must come to an end, <laughs> and... Uh, we were um, really debating on how my my parents' business would move on, and the only way for it really to um, continue would be to manufacture overseas. I think what what happens with um, times changing sure. is that uh, you need to be profitable, and uh, when when you know the thirty five year run was going to end, my husband said, wait a minute, just, you could do it. Take it to China. You know, the, why does it have to end? It's such an amazing company and such great business. And I looked at him and said, 
it's not so easy. You know, I, I don't know if I yeah, have it in find... me to that part we could have because through, through other businesses that my, my dad had, um, throughout the years, he had okay. lots of connections in, right. in China and factories and things. And that part wouldn't have been, but it would have been a completely different lifestyle for me. It would have been, you know, traveling probably once a month, once every two months, it's full days of traveling. Yeah. I just... But you would it, have learned Mandarin. I would have, well but I, I guess I could have learned it somewhere <laughs> else if I was so inclined to, but I just didn't, it wasn't in my heart. And I felt for the first time when I closed the showroom, because I really didn't want to, but I didn't want to manufacture in China. And they were still alive, but had left you the business? No, no, no my parents are, are oh, they're still here. alive now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, um, in Ellenville still. Um, no, I, I handled the sales end of the business. Mm-hmm. So they, my father, you know, was manufacturing, and my mother was creative director and designer. And um, you know, sales goes hand hand in hand with manufacturing. And it just was the time that something should be over. Right. And um, that was really, really hard for me to understand because I didn't, I personally didn't do anything for it to warrant being over. Oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? Like Like they had given their whole lives to it. Yes. And, and not that, you know, 12 years wasn't a lot, but I couldn't understand, you know, why this business that I loved and, and the entrepreneurial end of my part of it, of, growing the showroom as well to bringing in other lines to sell to to department stores and specialty stores it just i was being forced in a way because of the economy and because of you know what things had to retail for on a selling floor mm-hmm. couldn't be um for what our costs were to manufacture and and other manufacturers also you know other lines that i was repping i had some fantastic you know smaller boutique lines and they just couldn't afford to to sell and to, to operate the their businesses. Going. Yeah. So I, I think the, you know, proverbial nail in the coffin was, uh, the building that we were, uh, that we were in was, um, a Helmsley Spear building and the rents became you know, exorbitant. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I'll never forget this. I, I had a Nordstrom buyer who, um, couldn't see me. And I said, no problem. We'll, We'll talk on the phone and I'll, maybe I photographed the line and I sent her a CD. You know, this is going back yeah, yeah, to yeah. It's the, not like, right, right. FaceTime. <laughs> right. And I think I wrote the biggest order of the season sitting in the carpool line at my daughter's Hebrew school, picking <laughs> her up. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I don't need a showroom to do this. Right. And this was before. This is before computers. This was AOL. And oh, you know, yeah, we had a cell phone, but it wasn't a smartphone. And um, it just was mind boggling. And I hung on a little bit longer. And then the, the lease on, on the showroom had to end. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to reinvent myself. And I think simultaneously, it's a little blurry the timing of it around maybe 2004 2005 my daughter's bat mitzvah was 2006 
and the 120 of her nearest and dearest friends. (laughs) 120 of her nearest and dearest. me up with, you know, the guest lists that we coordinate now. Did you literally have 120 guests? Oh, and nowadays kids do all the time. My my bat mitzvah clients, some of them just between camp and and school and travel teams and, and they all know each other so and it's great and and your daughter has 120 friends well had, had, at 13. had exactly yeah. but but that's not here i am in 2019 and coordinating for uh an event coming up in june and it's 150 kids it's you know oh, that's that yeah. that's the the norm about about 100 120 uh, seems like it's the, the sweet spot number, and uh, they reciprocate and get invited to right, what they've exactly. been invited to. I, I was talking to I think a client the other day and trying to understand some of the pressure that the girls are having. And I'm jumping all over the place. No, 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 that's story. okay. Um, but uh, can you imagine going to a wedding every weekend? You know, it's, I you know. almost are the bride. So these kids are literally going every weekend. Yeah, some sometimes of them two. two yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes two in one day. Right. Um, I was with clients um, over the weekend and they had one and their son had one and they were trying to figure out, they were, or the son was gonna, going to be with them and he needed to leave midway to go to another one. So yeah, there it's a it's a lot, and it's a lot on um, a child to be social every every weekend. And to have and, a new dress. Yeah, uh, I think I mean, is there's there that mixed, kind of. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I'm really really fortunate that the clients that we work with, um, and sometimes. You know, we're on our second and third parties with children. You know, right. we started with them. Which with their Leslie Maston actually introduced me to a new word. Legacy. She, legacy clients. Yeah, it's so great. And then when it spins off into, you know, when when you're on the second bar mitzvah and someone turns, you know, 40 or 45 mm-hmm. and to be, um, you know, asked to... Um, work with them on a special trip that they're going on to celebrate a grandparent's, you know, milestone birthday. It's important and you become part of someone's family. And, yeah. you know, when you asked about dresses and I I feel like I'm really fortunate because the clientele that we've really, you know, become family with for so many of these people, everyone seems to have their head, you know, on their shoulders and, and oh, so they're not going to judge you if you wear the same thing? No, to, uh, I I, th- I feel like the kids are really okay and understand where they're coming from and, and do the right thing. And, you know, it's funny because um, we're fortunate enough to deal with clients that are able to make beautiful, beautiful parties. And with that comes two things, obviously an expense, right? but sometimes a you know, a wow of a party or something that happened at a party isn't the most expensive element of it. And people say to me all the time, they'll look at my website or our Instagram and say, you know, I don't want... Which um, is where we met because I saw your stuff. Yes. And yes. I, I loved it. Social media. Uh, Instagram is the only thing I do. I love, I have a love-hate with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
that's another another yeah. whole podcast, I, I guess. That is a, another whole podcast because I because I've had several people that are not be all that happy with Instagram. You know, I'm constantly thinking I have to post. I have to get pictures from the photographers to right. exactly, put up and then and, you have to tag them and make yes, sure that you give them credit. Because absolutely, but I think that you know the the dynamic of all of these parties and what looks so beautiful and is and has taken months, even years to put together, it is still a celebration of, you know, a milestone day, whether it's a wedding or, um, you know, birthday party or in, in our case, bar and bat mitzvah. It's a huge honor oh, yeah. to be trusted with it. Yeah. Um, a bigger honor for someone to say, um, I love your taste and I'm hiring you as a professional to point me in the right direction. We love to collaborate and when clients have great ideas to make certain things happen and explain why other things can't. Right. We're working on parties for a third and fourth child taking into account that the oldest child's going to be in college. And yeah. is it yeah. parents' weekend in October at their college? Oh, is it wow. going to be okay for them to fly home? Mike, I have two <clears> sons, and they were both born, but I knew two and a half years in advance. Well, the temples usually give the dates yeah, two years in advance, and, and you kind of know when which, which temples and synagogues give their dates when. So there's a huge oh, really? surge when you know, a temple gives it out in November and then the phone calls start or the first of the year, everyone starts thinking about, uh, you know, planning or when oh, their so kids people, go to camp. So as soon as people get their dates. Yeah, they'll call. They'll they'll call, you know, people who know that they want to work with a planner. That people, I've had, I have clients who will be in the midst of working on the older child's bat mitzvah which is, you know, beginning of 2020. And the mom said, oh, I just got my younger daughter's date, put it down. And so I guess backing up to all of that is it's a huge privilege and an honor and something to take extremely seriously. And if it means that that a, a client is thinking about, you know, do I change does my daughter change dresses in the middle of her party or mm. she's upset because she's going to someone else's party and has to leave early or she wants to wear something new every weekend. I kind of, you know, take all of that on with my clients too, because a, I've been through it, um, right. lived it, you know, with my own children. And I think being, you know, a Jewish mom and having, you know, whether it's talking about bar and bat mitzvahs, we talk about college, we talk about Did you see summer my, my bar mitzvah picture yesterday? I did, and it actually <laughs> prompted me to look for mine. And It was not easy to find I, mine. I couldn't find it. It took me two days. Mine somewhere, because <laughs> yeah. I think I've posted it before, and I was going to tag you, and it was a great thought of social media. I think maybe I should start an Instagram page that says things that I wanted to post when I thought I had the time <laughs> page, but... Didn't happen, but right. yes, it, it was terrific. It was great. Isn't that funny? Yes, and I, I, I saw how you tagged at Valley Stream. This gives us an opportunity to talk about music because I never wanted this podcast to be like me promoting myself. Sure. Tell yeah. me about DJs. Well, 
I think, first of all, it's um, unfortunate that live music kind of went the wayside of, you know, bar and bat mitzvahs. Because um, we talked to, on, on the phone, just to give people some background, is that we talked, I had said that one of my the best parties I ever did was at the Rainbow Room where we had, there was a band and, and a, a great DJ at yeah. the same time. And the best compliment I got was from the father who said, you know, if you weren't looking up, you didn't know if the band was playing or if the DJ was playing. Right, right. So I was saying, well, why don't people do more of that? You know. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with the child. Right. And for some reason, and I've heard it when we've, you know, talked in meetings. Tell that story, what you said about, well, yeah. if, I, if I, I, I hear a band play Beyonce, why don't I just. Yeah, well, I we asked, you know, one particular um, situation, we were fortunate enough to have, you know, a DJ and a band and. I think my bat mitzvah girl said, well, the band can play for five minutes. And I said, why? You know, there's just nothing like live music. She couldn't wrap her head around why would basically people who were, in her mind, unidentified, who weren't celebrities, playing other artists. Covers. Right. But they don't understand what that is. Right. You know, what what 13-year-old has gone to... A concert and there be a cover band or yeah. you know music's so yeah, different yeah. now it's everything could be downloaded and you're watching your favorite you know artist doing everything in a day on instagram stories so right. why or would YouTube or... exactly so why would you need to what why would there ever be an opportunity that a you know a 12 or 13 14 year old would understand band, unless they go to see a live band but not even a band. They're going to see their favorite artist and going right. to a Justin Bieber concert or a... Probably without live instruments anyway. <laughs> They're probably all playing to I tracks. guess. I guess. So that kind of like, you know, they love music and music's so important to them. And, and also they don't necessarily want what the music that they call their parents' music, which, you know, to us... And, which is hilarious because... Right. And there's just... I don't even know necessarily if the things that they listen to are music per se, you know, in right. in my mind. And Which is another conversation. Yes, and I have to make sure that I constantly have a um, container of earplugs sometimes. I mean, look, a great DJ knows the venue and the acoustics and right. knows the room and, and everything about it and, and the crowd and to bring the you know, energy up and down. And when we have to, you know, stop and start for formalities and things and follow the timeline. And if food is, you know, a few minutes late, knows what to do or if the right. energy on the dance oh, so floor So it's not is, that much different than a live band? No, not, a, not at all when it yeah. comes to the timeline of the party. But some of the music choices by the child are left to be desired in my book. And it's a lot of, you know... A lot of sound. I sound like my grandmother. Sometimes I have to hand out some ear plugs to some grandparents, right? And uh, so they could eat their dinner in peace and not have ringing noises in their ears. But at the end of the day, it's still, you know, music makes the party. And yeah, like I said, if we're fortunate enough to incorporate live music into it, then we just do it perfectly. 
What we absolutely love is having live music in adult cocktails, which there's nothing better right. than to, you know, watch a performance or hear it, you know, as background music while everyone is getting acclimated and meeting up. And remember, a lot of these guests are doing this every Saturday night with the same groups. So it's like one big, long social event of the season to, you know, see someone on Saturday night. And then chances are you're going to see them again because it's their child's party or another person in, in their group. So it's funny how it kind of... You know, I was telling my husband, whom I work with, and I told you that Which I wanted, yeah, is exactly. its own podcast <laughs> of when you do Which a comedy show. Which we have to do together show. because yes. my wife works with me now. Yes, absolutely. Um, and today is one of those days where we started separate and we'll end up at, at meetings together. So it's interesting and had uh, discussions on the way in of, something he didn't do, something I didn't do, and the typical husband and wife. I know, um, but that's amazing, though, now with all the toys that we have. Yes. That that they're really not even toys anymore. I mean, you can be in the car talking mm-hmm. to somebody, and he could be in the middle of a meeting, and you could, like, literally FaceTime. Oh, absolutely. In, especially in traffic on the Long Island Expressway. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and when... You're an empty nester, which is a term he hates. Which we both are. I I know. It makes you sound like you're 80 years old. strange. But you don't have to really shut work off because there's no one to carpool and dinner doesn't have to be at a certain time. And especially when you you work for yourself and and your weekends are taken up by events. Um, But, um, yeah, it's that whole life work balance is is hard but um and i think changes with you know each season and each group of clients and if our parties are um on top of one another meaning you know three saturday nights in april or a weekend we just came off of a couple weekends ago where we did a 40th birthday and a 50th birthday both in the same weekend. Oh my god. And it was fantastic, but you don't feel it until you stop. Right. And you know, it's like being on your feet all day with uh setting up a party and loading in and loading out. Sometimes a, a load in for a dance floor or something um happening on the ceiling could start in the middle of the night. You know, we'll have a, a load in that'll be two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And oh, I didn't even think of that. I'm not necessarily there for it. No, but right, if yeah. I have, you know, three major vendors coming in and starting at 9 a.m. Now, then- who, who would that be? It's funny because I've, inter- I've interviewed a lot of people that we both know. Yeah. But like, for example, what would what would David Bean be doing? Or what would... Decor companies like David, who's incredible. Um their load-ins could be, you know, extremely um, detailed. Right. And tent parties that I've done with them start earlier in the week. Right. It could be know, days early, right? Just their load-in schedules for all of their vendors of carpeting or uh, rentals, caterers that are coming in. Um, you know, caterers are setting up full kitchens. 
And sometimes that happens. And generators and... Exactly. Uh, lighting. Tenting. And, you know, I mean, the one thing that it, David talks about more than anything, I think, is lighting. Lighting. It's one yeah. of the most important things. Yeah. Um, but think of it as building a house. You know, we're the, um, I guess, a, a cross between the general contractor right, and maybe a little bit on the side of architect and designer, you know, interior designer, mm -hmm. because in our company, we have our hands in, in many of those aspects of it, different than some other planners because of my garment center background and the fact that we still um, have our, a portion of our factory in upstate New York. So we are very heavily involved in the branding and the design or the, the, the jumping off point. And when bar mitzvahs are themed or branded, we do all of that in-house. We produce all of those items. So when you see all that swag, we are fortunate enough to produce that ourselves. Well, so, those t-shirts that get yes, out of Yes, all of that. If you were um, having your party this weekend and you said to me, Michelle, I, I want to give out one more T-shirt and would it be a pain in the neck to get another hundred T-shirts and it's Tuesday, I would say no problem at all. And I wouldn't oh, have wow. to worry about calling um, another vendor right. who produces those things. Right. Right. You know, we can pull off a job and slot that in and get it done. You know, the parents have pictures and and video, right. and the kid's sweatshirt lives on. It goes to school, and it goes to camp, and, you know, it's just... You know, but I'm very glad to hear you say that, you know, that a bar mitzvah is a meaningful... I mean, long before people had big parties, you know, they had bar mitzvahs. Yeah. I mean, look, it's... How fortunate are we in this industry that people celebrate wonderful things in big ways. You know, I I had a, a, I guess, a revelation years ago when someone would say, oh, you know, or we were talking about this in the beginning, and I said that someone said, I, I love everything you do, but I'm not doing anything over the top. And I said, <laughs> but you do want to be over the top. You want to be over the top in cleverness and creativity. You want someone to walk into your party and say, oh, my God, I can't believe that. And whether it looks effortless and it did cost money, then mm -hmm. so be it. But sometimes it could just be not a lot of money at all and just an idea that, you know, was executed properly, didn't cost any more money than, you know, a, a menu that we've done in a clever way or have an amazing client that we did an unbelievable camp-themed party at, Cipriani, 42nd Street, and she was... Is this the one that I saw on your website? I think so, yeah. and I woke up in the middle of the night... Oh, was that in as, Maine? Yes, 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 uh, yeah. mainly okay. Jack. Yeah, um, yeah, you have to go to M Studio Events. Yes. It's a beautiful website. Thank you. And I hate to tell you this, but I have to kick you out. It's quarter to three. Okay. And I just feel like we uh, just... So, so be it for me to... I know. ...have to cut it. And we post, just... But, this will be yes. part one. And like we all say, my 2021 clients are which is incredible. waiting for us. Yeah, yeah which people, I, I want people to understand that because wedding clients really will do, if it's more than a year, it's because 
they're in law school. Right, destination so they, or yeah, exactly. different. So there's a reason for it. But bar mitzvahs, you know the day two years in advance. Yes. Well, maybe I'll groom them properly and tell them to call you exactly. when it's time for their wedding. So but they're 11 now. So we can have a band and it. Exactly. exactly. And thank yeah. you. The timing of this worked out perfectly. And yeah. this is part one. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thanks I'll so much. Take it. Okay. As always, you can follow Michelle at M Studio Events on Instagram. And you can follow me at Doug Winters Inc. on Instagram. And for those of you listening carefully, you'll hear my native Long Island accent come in <laughs> towards the very end. To back this up, I say, I understand. Understand. That's what we say in Long Island, as opposed to understand. Uh, part two next week. See you then. Bye-bye.